Katie Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now, only at katiearmor.com, c-a-t-i-armor.com. Come and take it. In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. They are coming. Coming for us all. Unstoppable force of men forged into iron with their fires and machinery of war. Driven before them are those who betray everything beyond their greed, hate, and anger. Do you betray everything and decide to free your hide? Or will you take your best? and stand for the fight. Fight for your life, for what is dearest to you, for honor and death. Let your name be worthy of you. But remember, the war consumes us all. Land that called us ever homewards We will go home across the mountains We will go home, we will go home Shall I explain to you in one easy lesson how the world works? 
Use small words. I'm not as bright as you. The house that puts family first will always defeat the house that puts the whims and wishes of its sons and daughters first. Raupnir. A good man does everything in his power to better his family's position. Geiri, Freiki. Regardless of his own selfish desires. Right there on his hammer, so the word right hold. That is the answer to every bit of this. This is how you do this. You do this with racial holy war. That is the only thing that will ever, ever bring about any kind of hope or solace for our people. Racial holy war. Secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. If you cannot say that, brothers and sisters, I don't know how much you love your race. Secondly, the most important thing that I think I could possibly share to my people. Hello. There's a well-known ancient Latin phrase 
si vis pacem parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. And the time has come to get plumb mad dog meat. And that if you lose your head and give up, then you neither live nor win. And that's just how it is. I say to you, in imitation of that great Confederate general, Nathan Bedford Forrest. War to the knife! But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being, nor can the dead ever be brought back to life.
All right, welcome to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I am your host, St. Thomas. If you'd like to call in or listen now, it's area code 607-203-5423. That's area code 607-203-5423. You can follow us on various social media. We are on Getter, on Twitter. Actually, surprisingly, we're still on Twitter. We're on Winkin and Gab. As well as, what is our other recent one that we've added? I think we've added another one. No, we're still on Parlor as well. I'm looking at some other ones, but um, I'm not ready to just jump on every single social media thing out there that's available because some of them I just don't trust. Amron Winkin. Winkin, we seem to actually have a pretty good following there, so I've been pretty happy with that. So that's actually been very positive. And so you can follow us on Getter, Parlor, Gab, Twitter, and Telegram. You can follow us at, at Sunny Thomas Show and at Resolution RDO. Alrighty, so um, one of the things we wanted to uh, talk about today before bringing my guest, Lisa Haven, is uh, just trying to go over some of the current events and things of that, that nature. Um, we obviously see that uh, Kanye West has really stepped out on the uh, on the edge to try to talk about some of the stuff. It's pretty obvious somewhere he got red pilled because of the fact that. When you look at Kanye in 2005, accusing George W. Bush of being a racist because of them not helping blacks in New Orleans during the Katrina hurricane, um, he's actually kind of, kind of, kind of the other way around a little bit. I mean, obviously he's a big Trump fan, and um, he's taking a lot of risks, even so far as uh, realizing the whole Black Lives Matter thing is a complete scam, and uh, he's actually uh, pointing the fingers at who's behind it, at I.E. George Soros. But even on his own fashion stage, he actually had the Falcones um, to put out some of his models himself, even Kim, actually wearing uh, White Lives Matter. So I think that's pretty interesting, the fact that he's really kind of um, put himself out there and really started asking some serious questions. And as we've seen in certain groups, when you start to question any narratives that they have, regardless if they're race-based or political-based or whatever, they just absolutely attack you. And if anything, it underscores the very thing that they're bringing up. So the Alex Jones-Kanye West interview was pretty interesting, as well as Nick Fuentes. The many things there I saw Alex try to cover his ass many times over. Now, I've often said on this program that two of the main stalwarts on Internet news media, and they're completely polar opposites, is Andrew Anglin from uh, Daily Stormer and Alex Jones from InfoWars. Now, these guys have nothing in common, and they have oftentimes may even ridicule each other. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. But either one of those two particular ones go out as a canary in a coal mine. If either one of those canaries die in the coal mine, that means all independent media is definitely going to be targeted for attack. And we've seen it through bank accounts and other things. Now, the biggest problem that I have is when you do set up online accounts like with Gab Pay and things like that, is that they want all this personal information. And I'm not really too fond about putting my actual personal information on there, even my social security number. Really? I understand why they're doing it. But the same stroke, that's a big risk because I've seen Yahoo and uh, even even retailers such as uh, TJ Maxx getting their databases hacked because either they don't have the security protocols because they're too expensive or someone gets in there. And so I have a serious problem with that because the fact that some of us are just trying to make a little extra money or at least cover our expenses doing these podcasts or doing like what Lisa does with her broadcasts on a daily basis. And to build up a reputable source so that way, at least when a story breaks, you can go and look at various 
news sources and get a, a general consensus of what's going on. You know, Alex may present things one way, Lisa presents things another, uh, Fuentes may say another thing, and uh, whomever, or I may have my own curve on it. But the bottom line is the truth is somewhere in the middle. And I don't want any media outlets to be excluded because of the fact that if they have good content, good talent, and they have great guests, especially those that are very reputable, some even sticking their neck out professionally, whether in the military or in the science field, then you have to give them some credit. As much as Alex Jones may get attacked and ridiculed, one thing I will say this. I never see him looking ghetto fabulous. He has an impressive array of guests. And most importantly, he's taken the money he's gotten from his operation. And he's found really great talent over the years on his program. So that's one thing I can say there about him is the fact that he's really built a news organization. Now, when you bring someone like Lisa Haven in, she's pretty much an independent herself. But the bottom line is, she's built up a platform. I mean, I interviewed her a number of years ago, and I was always impressed by her content. It's pretty obvious she's built up a lot of reputable sources. And most importantly, she's put forth a lot of great commentary that at least makes you go, hmm. And that's what matters the most, is if you can make someone think and maybe start looking it up themselves then you've won the game. It doesn't matter if you hit a home run. If you get the first base and someone else hits the home run after you, boom, you both come in. So, I mean, it's a win-win situation for everyone there. So, we'll be back with my guest, Lisa Hafen, right after these brief messages. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877 886 by now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Boar's Head is bringing a slice of Japan to the deli. Introducing Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. Tender, slow-roasted chicken breast, coated in our signature teriyaki glaze, where ginger, garlic, and a hint of brown sugar meet for a flavor that's both sweet and savory. New Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. The bold flavor of Japan, now at the deli. Only from Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. 
In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. All right, welcome back to the Sonny Thomas Show. This is your host, Sonny Thomas, and for the rest of the hour, we have Lisa Haven, and she is definitely firing in all fronts. She, Her wide range of topics she covers is absolutely incredible, but she really tries to expose the deep state as well as uh, some of the corruption going on, uh, whether it's in media, corporations, or what have you. Lisa's definitely top-notch, plus the fact that she has very sharp commentary she has a, uh, a pretty much a matter-of-fact uh, style of delivery, and you can take from it what you want. Um, I've seen some of the comments on some of YouTube videos of uh, people either giving feedback to her commentary or, you know, every now and then you see the negative comments where they just attack her. As soon as they start to attack her on her appearance, you know she's already won the argument. You know what I mean? Lisa's definitely got that in the looks department, that's for sure. But what impresses me about a woman more is her brain. And Lisa's brain is on fire with whatever the topic may be at the time. And uh, that's one thing that's always impressed me about her is not on her style of delivery of giving it to you straight and in a very easy, digestible format. But the content is just spot on. And she's definitely built some resources over the years. And I'm always enjoying her content. So Lisa, welcome back to the Same Time Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So uh, it's been a number of years since I've had you on, and like I said, I've tried to cover a wide variety of resources uh, when I have the time to digest all the information. And one thing I've always been impressed about you, when it comes to deep state politics, um, you definitely um, have done your homework and have either configured out the narrative, <coughs> excuse me, or you actually um, can reverse engineer some of the crap that they give us in a fairly timely manner. I mean, as a matter of fact, some of the stuff I see that comes out, I would say within arguably 72 hours, you've already got some of the crap figured out. So without putting all your cards on the table, tell us a little bit of background on how you do some of your research. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of it, you know, it's research pile on research. So over the years, I've been doing this since about 2012, 2013-ish. So nearly a little over, like around 10 years. And, you know, I've read government reports, government documents, everything from NSMM 200, you know, the Kissinger Report, to Agenda 2030, to uh, flyers and executive orders and things that our United States government has published and put out. So a lot of documented information and it just kind of sits with you you can file it in a filing folder i have like an actual uh not internet file like paper file a good old-fashioned way right because they can get to it easier uh and so through time reading a lot of those you're able to recall certain details of events uh when it becomes important or or pertinent to the situation that's going on so i can apply a lot of what i learned in the past to what's going on currently and to find out what's going on currently i usually you know subscribe to multiple uh, news sources on all sides i wouldn't recommend it for the average person because communist news network aka cnn lies a lot yes and so does msn but i i'll use those to 
to, to get the alternative viewpoint to see, aha, here's what they're doing here so I can combat that. Uh, and here's the view they took and here's the view our side took, so to speak, where, you know, the side of freedom and truth instead of the side of communism. Um, so not only that, but reading the actual sources of where the information came from directly. And even a lot of that is without reading the news and just kind of formulating your own opinion, because a lot of the times they formulate the opinion for you. If you go straight to the source and straight to the document, which is what I would encourage a lot of America to do, uh, then you have a better shot of getting the overall picture and the overall agenda of what's really going on. For example, if you read some of these packages that are being uh, pushed by Joe Biden, his stimulus package or, you know, his latest package, and if you read the actual, some of the actual information, then you can kind of get a better idea uh, than what you're told. So that's what I try to focus on a lot, and that's what I would encourage America to do as well. Yeah, that's one thing that's also impressive about Alex. He always, when he formatted his station, he always had a camera above him so he can have his document cam, so he can actually show you the actual printed out documents so you can see. And, uh, of course, the technology nowadays, um, you can just uh, have a, you know screen-on-screen -screen action and stuff. And like I said, I've watched you over the last several years um, really put forth some really great commentary on some things. And, again, whatever the hot topic is, all of a sudden, one thing I've always noticed, too, is that... Um, if, if some celebrity all of a sudden gets arrested, that's when the government's the most dangerous. Or, for example, the Super Bowl. Everyone's sitting at home watching the Super Bowl, want to see the game. Maybe it's their actual team that they really like. Or it's all about the commercials, which is just programming crap. But the bottom line is, to me, that's when America's at its most um, uh, vulnerable. Because everyone's at home watching this crap, screaming at the TV, wearing a $100 jersey that they paid to a tax-exempt uh, NFL... And, uh, you know, they think that being a man is up there, you know, growling at a television screen. To me, that's a definition of mental illness. Uh, I've often said here, Cincinnati Bengals fans are some of the dumbest people I've ever met because they, they support a team that's constantly a bunch of losers. Uh, the fact they even went to the Super Bowl last year was a bit surprising. But, of course, they lost. So, what, what do you expect? But, you know, oh, i got to go out and buy me another $100 jersey because Burroughs is the current quarterback. Okay, loser. So, I mean... It's amazing to me some of these people that I know, even went to high school with, that are diehard Bengals fans. That when it comes to certain topics, they completely have cognitive dissonance. I mean, they cannot grasp any of the basic stuff that we talk about on a daily basis. Well, it's my program or yours. And then some people, though, when they do finally get on something, all of a sudden they start messaging, say, "Hey, man, you're pretty up on current events. Well, what do you think about this?" You know, all of a sudden they realize we're not to always wear the tinfoil hat that. We must obviously know about what's going on. I'm, I'm sure you got some friends who are like that too. They might finally realize that, you know, Lisa's not some bubblehead of blonde. She actually knows her shit. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, 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 would have, I want to add this, though. I mean, I'm not a sports fan, really, whatsoever. But I'll go watch a game. And, and sometimes, I, you know, for the American people, too, I think it's totally fine. Get out there, watch a game. Because we need a little bit of humor. A little escapism. Or whatever in our life, right? Especially us. Like, I mean, we're 24-7 and, and we get a little bit numb, shall I say, to some of the stuff that goes on. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I saw that. And so, you know, and it could be something shocking as all get out and we're a little bit more numb to it. So I think at least one way for me is I can go out and watch a game or whatever and get my mind off that for one second and then be pulled back in, you know, to what we do all the time. <laughs> it's yeah, like I like my case, I'll listen to music and stuff. I mean, 
you know, I'll just pop on a, a CD or whatever, and, and especially with something that I listened to a long time ago, it helps me remember a better day, because uh, a lot of the bands and stuff I grew up with, and, and of course, a lot of the great acts that we've listened to over the years, they're starting to disappear. I mean, obviously, Christine McVie from uh, Fleetwood Mac uh, passed away right after Thanksgiving, um, you know, some other uh, celebrities as well, but to me, when a musician dies, I think it's a little bit more of a loss than a, a movie star, because... You have to actually sit and watch a movie, even as someone iconic as John Wayne, you know. But when a musician dies, it's a little bit more of a loss uh, because of the fact that they speak to us in a language that we all can understand. And uh, plus the fact that how you listen to music goes through your filter of, uh, of, of uh, experience. For example, one of the things I love about some albums, they'll put liner notes in there. And I like listen to the record first, get my interpretation of it. Then I'll go back and read the liner notes and go, oh, this is what they're talking about. I didn't catch that when I listened to it. And so it gives me like a whole new aspect of that record because I understand what the artist is trying to say to me now. And then um, I can still listen to it and um, enjoy it for what it is or maybe even use it for something else down the road. But when a musician dies, I think it's a little bit more of a loss because of the fact that music is definitely language of the soul. And I don't care what kind of music it is. It could be, it could be you know... Centaur music, it could it could be rock and roll, it could be R and B. It doesn't matter if it moves you in a certain way and puts you into a mood. To me, that's better than any narcotic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's good to relax in that. And not to mention, you really appreciate some of these artists long after they're gone. I've I've gotten more of appreciation for Elvis Presley as I've gotten older because I realized the uh, the perfectionism he had when he when he would do his takes and recordings. Because during his lifetime, they really didn't do multi-tracking. They did mostly takes. And so you could do the same song 50-some-odd times over, and like with Jailhouse Rock, and realize, I'm going to go with take number two, because Scotty's guitar solo on that song was the best out of all of them. They knew they captured lightning in a bottle. Even Elvis said, I thought the drums were substandard. I didn't think my voice was that great. But man, that guitar solo by Scotty, I've never heard him cover it since. So they knew they had... You know, a winner there, and that's the version we yeah. hear today is take two, and so. And, and, go ahead. And what I'll add about Evan Elvis Presley is, you know, what I like about him. I mean, of course, he's got great music, but he defied every one of his time. Yes. He got up on the stage, shook his little keister, whatever, and they had a massive issue with that, screaming, "Crazy! You can't do that on air!" And what did he do? Instead of stopping what he did, he did it again and again and again. And so I think that we can apply that same logic, whether you agree with what he did back then or not, I think he did what we need to do in our generation and shake our little keisters metaphorically with our mouths and with information about what's going on to get the truth out, no matter if your YouTubes and your Googles and your Facebooks of the world want to shut you down because we are... You know, we've got a target on our backs as libertarians and conservatives and Republicans and, and Christians. And, you know, we've got this big target saying, you're not allowed, you're not allowed, we're going to shut you down, we're going to shut you down. And I think that's a good metaphor, at least that I keep in my mind, and why I find inspiration, say, uh, in the Elvis Presleys of the world, uh, because he did defy that logic and he did stand and go against the grain. And I think and, and, and to, to the level where they even sent him into the military for a time, right? Yeah, they had to to keep his ass out of jail. Yeah. Did did you happen to see the Elvis movie at all? Oh, I did. Of course I did. Growing up, my neighbor, I have never said this, 
before, but my neighbor was the biggest Elvis Presley fan on the planet. Like, <laughs> he had like memorabilia everywhere, so I couldn't get away from the story. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I was a big Kiss fan for a long time too, so I, I would collect a lot of Kiss stuff over the years. And Paul Stanley has always been my favorite member because one of the things I, I reflect about him is the fact that. Uh, he never lost focus because by the time the 80s came, they took their makeup off. Gene started doing movies and producing other albums and stuff like that. He started losing his way, and Paul was always um, carrying the band on in many ways on his own two shoulders. And uh, he may be a bit ruthless in some of his business practice, but I have to give him credit that he never lost focus with the band. Uh, even when you listen to the original Four's solo albums from 1978, you can hear a little bit of difference in each member of the band. But Ace sounded more like a Kiss record, where um, Paul's solo definitely had the heart and soul of a Kiss record. So I have to give the guy credit that he never lost focus. And same with Elvis, is the fact that he knew this is what he wanted to do, and he was just letting his natural um, uh, rhythms flow. I mean, and, and, and I was reading a review not too long ago on how watching that movie was so refreshing on just how much of a rebel he was that he basically... Um, you know, just said screw all of his critics and just kept doing what he was doing. And, uh, it did, of course, they threw him in the military for a couple of years to, to keep his ass out of jail. But that actually inspired him in different things. You know, doing the movie like G.I. Blues and some other stuff. And he probably could use the discipline uh, a little bit being in the military. But the bottom line is, um, he, he was a, overall a great performer. And, and, the, and the one of the things I really appreciate him, too, and in his later life... He always had a full catalog of American music in his shows. That's why he did a lot of great covers of contemporaries. Because <clears throat> he felt that a lot of these people had something to contribute. And some of the versions he did were actually interesting takes on songs, whatever, Bridge Over Troubled Water or whatever the case may be. He made many of those songs his own. And um, uh, really just shows how good the artistry of the original composition was there in the first place. Definitely. <clears throat> so, what is the biggest topic that's under your call right now that you're really going after full tilt? I would say the Twitter files. Um, the Twitter files and just the entire mantra of the intelligence community, the FBI, the DOJ specifically, and how they're being weaponized by the Biden administration. And it, it really all goes together. You, you know, the Twitter files goes with the fact that the FBI is... Um, well, they're censoring our information online, and and this should be one of the biggest outcries in U.S. history. I mean, this is a worse, worse than Watergate, worse than any other scandal uh, that I've seen on a level that we've never ever seen before, and yet, yet the mainstream media, who we know is sold out to the Democrats and the communists and the, and the globalists of the world, they're not even reporting on anything with the Twitter files. But when we have when we have organizations like the FBI and the DOJ doing the dirty work of, say, Joe Biden and his administration, we've got a real problem. Um, I don't know if you saw the report that I put out today on my YouTube channel, but um, all the JFK files were supposed to be released, every single one of them. Uh, on top of it, this kind of goes all together with that, but the JFK files were all supposed to be released October 2017. All of it was supposed to come out. No questions asked, no if and buts. Us, uh, none of the information was supposed to be redacted. This was a law. This was set into place. This is uh, they were supposed to do it. Well, lo 
lo and behold, it never happened. We know Donald Trump, when he was in office, he ordered the release of the information and then ended up redacting some of it. And some of that information didn't get out uh, because it could hurt the intelligence community or law enforcement or fill in the blank. Yeah, tactics well, and stuff, yes. Huh? Using some of the, uh, the, the operations and tactics. Yeah, yeah, and then Joe Biden comes along, now he's president, and Joe Biden delays the release that Donald Trump uh, was going to let out, and now he is just now dropping those files. However, same disclaimer as before, but I'm going to withhold certain information from the public because it could incriminate uh, or cause violence against the intelligence community and fill in the whole, the whole nine yards. Right. Well, on Tucker Carlson's show, I believe just yesterday or the day before, uh, a whistleblower, an insider came out, his source, quote unquote, came out and said on air that, and, and I'm not going to say verbatim because I'm trying to remember the words, but to the effect of he does believe that the CIA was involved with the JFK's assassination. And this is from an inside source. So in other words, the intelligence committee, specifically the CIA, was involved, and that is why they are not letting the information out. Now, that's not something that you and I don't already know. We knew this. It was a conspiracy theory. We already know this is the case, but it would be nice if we had the evidence and the document to show it up and, and, and to start, you know, uh, exposing that information, you know, out in the public. And when you think about why they won't, there's a couple reasons why they won't do that, right? Because if they did, then that would prove that there are outside forces in the United States government that are beyond our government's control and they're not being elected in, a.k.a. Deep State, a.k.a. CIA, FBI, uh, DHS, DOJ. And it would also prove that those organizations are more powerful than elected officials. They have more power. How do they have more power? Well, obviously they can hide their complacency in the murder of a U.S. sitting president and hide the information for a good 50, 60, 70 years. In other words, there's no limit to their power. That's what that would prove. And that's why they're still hiding the information as a government within a government. And that's what's been created here. And it's just sickening to the very core. Uh, and that's why we need a sitting president to go in and completely dismantle these organizations from within because as uh, chuck schumer said we have six ways from sunday at getting back at you if you come against us and he's speaking of the intelligence community right. that's a threat right that's a threat and and this is a threat obviously that's been around before jfk and during jfk uh when when the conspiracy happened and he was murdered uh i mean cia cia was very well involved in that right they suddenly started calling, they came up with the term conspiracy theory. That's where the term came from. When America started questioning, hey, there's something wrong here. Two plus two doesn't equal four. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong. And then they, the, the CIA and comes out and says, oh, hey, no, you, you are we're going to come up with this term conspiracy theory, which is anything for them. I mean, obviously, there's real conspiracies that, that don't mean anything, but... It would, their new conspiracy term meant it's anything that they don't want you to know about that they want to cover. And since then, that term has been used for any information they didn't want out. They didn't want certain information about COVID out. Uh, they called the origins of COVID a um, conspiracy in the very beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah it, it, it's, it's, you it know, was a conspiracy. 
Yeah, everything. And that's a conspiracy. Information on vaccines. Oh, you can only say this side, but you can't speak on this side. Anything on that side of the fence that says negativity about it, that's a conspiracy. And now we have 50 some odd, 60 years later, I'm, I'm not since 1960, whenever it was that he was murdered. 63. Uh, yeah, 63, 64, something like that. But years and years later, here we are, and we still don't have the full information that we were supposed to have in 2017. Uh, but it really, really, really shows and solidified what JFK tried to expose then and what Donald Trump tried to expose when he was in office. And who is the IC after more than anyone else outside of JFK, who he's now unfortunately dead. He was murdered for what he knew. And now we have Donald Trump, who they're not, quote unquote, they haven't assassinated him because they didn't want to run into another JFK, I believe. Um, and thank God, I pray for him every day. And I don't know if they would or wouldn't. Who knows? I don't know that they would because then he would become a JFK and give him a big name. So I don't think that's what they'll do. Well, but I think that's why they took they out Bobby, too. taking him to the courts and trying to make him bankrupt. Well, that, that's that's why they, yeah, that's definitely there. But that, that's why they... Um... That's why they went after uh, Bobby, because of the fact that uh, when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, he was in Louisville at the time, and he was the first to announce to those people out there that uh, King had just been assassinated, uh, that he was dead, and uh, there were starting to riot all over the United States, um, the various cities and stuff, uh, but they did not in Louisville, because of the fact that uh, the blacks trusted Bobby. Um, and I think, they, I think the apparatus realized that he was just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than Malcolm X because of the fact that the um, the blacks listened to him. And so they would have had the blacks behind him. And so once Bobby got in, knowing what he knew, plus the fact that he was the Attorney General for a while, so he had that inside information on top of that, that he would have been, he would have picked up the baton where his brother left off and probably really, really started cutting heads off. Plus, he would have had full access inside to find out who killed his brother. So that that was something that had to be taken care of, and actually, after his assassination, after that, that's when the Secret Service um, was tasked with protecting uh, presidential candidates uh, because of the fact that um, they could be targeted for assassination. Plus, the fact they could be intimidated or even blackmailed while they're campaigning um, to go one way or another because of the fact that uh, they could be easily gotten to. So I think that's another reason why they uh, made sure they had Secret Service protection. But if you remember, Trump commented that he was not getting Secret Service protection while he was campaigning, that they were purposely withholding that um, that uh, privilege from him when he was a candidate in 16. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's an agenda to that. Uh, the IC didn't like the fact that he went after, after, after that, right? You know what I like is um, earlier this week, I think literally a day ago, um, Donald Trump put out on his Truth Social platform, he says, hey, if I become president, I am going to go after, quote unquote, the deep state, these federal agencies. Uh, so he's agreed, and I'm just going to read a little bit on what he said. He said he was going to ban federal agencies from colluding to censor okay. American citizens. He was going to ban taxpayer dollars from being able to label speech as mis and disinformation. Thankfully, fire the federal bureaucrats who engaged in that censorship, thank God, send preservation letters to them, order the DOJ to investigate anyone who censored information, revisit Section 230, which we have been calling for a while, stop federal funding of, of programs that are engaging in censorship, which we know right now the Democrats, uh, specifically Joe Biden, uses a lot of our taxpaying dollars to fund things like uh, that are 
encouraging censorship of Americans. So suspend federal dollars to any universities engaged in that, enact criminal penalties for when they do engage in that, and create a digital bill of rights. And I think we absolutely need one. Need one, hopefully they follow it, because they don't even follow the Constitution now, but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and, and again... Um... My, my biggest issue is, though, he needs to keep Jared and Ivanka out of the White House. As a matter of fact, um, Amen. <laughs> as much as, as Hunter Biden is, is obviously a liability to, to Joe, um, I, and not only that, but Don had something, Don Jr. had said something recently, which to me just totally um, shit, could almost pretty much shit can his father's campaign. Just some of the, something he had said recently. I, couldn't, I can't remember exactly what it is right in front of me. I posted one of my social media things, but I posted so much since then. I, I it took me a while to find it. But I said that's it. He's he's done. He he may have just trashed Trump's campaign before he even got got off. And my my point is, if Trump gets in, he needs to keep his family out for two reasons. One is it's a clear conflict of interest. Secondly, it's also a liability issue because anything he does as president, if any of his family members are involved in it, besides Melania, of course. Um, in any decision-making process, they could be implicated on things many years after uh, his tenure, whether he leaves office or dies. Um, they'll go either if they don't go after Trump directly, they will go after the Trump organization and just keep going after it until they keep chipping at it until they finally collapse it. Because of the fact that um, they could just accuse one of the boys of anything or accuse Ivanka or something, whatever the case may be. But my, my, my disappointment with Trump was he started off with a strong America First policy. And within two, two years or so, as soon as he started harping on the, oh, we're moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, I'm like, dude, you're about ready to start World War III in the, in the Middle East because you're going to piss off a lot of Arabs. You know, that stay out of that argument. If it was me, I would say, guess what? I'm not going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. I'm just going to move it out of there altogether and just close the embassy in Tel Aviv, and simply the fact that we shouldn't even be there. I mean, our embassies are all over the damn world. How is that not an empire? You know what I'm saying? So when I listen to some things like Putin talks about, I'll have to give Putin credit. I know he's a classic propagandist, he's KGB, etc., etc., but he puts a lot of historical reference with his comments when he makes a lot of these long statements, and you can't refute the guy's Evidence. I mean, I have friends that live in Russia that I communicate with and stuff, and they were a little concerned at first during the Ukraine invasion, but they said actually their economy has improved immensely since then because of the fact that he's kicked a lot of the Western influence crap out and says, oh, by the way, since you're not going to uh, want to have your McDonald's here, give us the keys to the buildings because we're going to repurpose that real estate. Gee, thanks. And then uh, they actually said that their economy has actually gotten a lot more robust. Uh, since this, and uh, and the fact that they, they're only accepting uh, rubles for their uh, for their oil, and I think that's tremendous on his part because of the fact that ever since the the, the federation started in 1991, they they've had a really shaky economy, but since Putin's been in, he's really done a lot to clean up some of the corruption. He's gone after a lot of politicos that were contrary to Russia. And the biggest thing so far that really impressed me is that he's eliminated all LGBT propaganda to be used anywhere in media. And you, if and if you try to push that crap, you're facing uh, prison time. 
I think that's phenomenal. I mean, they're even paying their, their mothers to have children. I mean, it's absolutely great that the pro-family approach that his government's done for his country is what we should be doing instead of, oh, we're going to fling the doors open and let all these illegals in that can't even speak a lick of English, have no job skills, or probably have some infectious diseases, and we're just going to let them run loose. Uh, what the hell? So, I mean, you can see the complete difference between the two different countries right now. Well, here in the, focusing on here in the United States of America, I mean, Biden has our border wide open. Mm -hmm. um, there's a legal way to get people in it and an illegal way to get put in. You know, if you and I wanted to go to uh, Brazil or France, we're going to have to pay and go through a process to become a United States or, I mean, they're a citizen of their country, right? And thus it should be here in the United States of America. Why? Because they're not properly vetting. There's millions of people coming in at the border. They don't have the resources. They don't have enough people there to properly vet them. So what are we getting? We're getting criminals. We're getting jailbreakers. We're getting people who are, who are looting our cities, breaking and, 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 and entering, killing people. We're getting the cartels. We're getting fentanyl. We're getting all of this at the border. And they claim and scream, oh, we're vetting. No, what they're doing is they're giving them a cell phone, giving them the money and shipping them across the border and then nothing from there. And a lot of these illegal immigrants are getting away with murder. Oh, you murdered someone. And then they've even had some murders that they sent back to Mexico, come right back in the United States and do it again. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is disturbing. And, and you're right. They bring, you know, back, back in, back in the day, you know, if you immigrated to a country, uh, you were vetted for a time to make sure you weren't seriously sick or had some kind of disease that you could bring into the country. Not anymore. Uh, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's rampant. It's chaos. It's, it's not the way you run the country. And now we've got terrorists literally coming in our country. We've got Al Qaeda. We've got uh, Islam extremism here in the United States. And this, there are real threats in our country. And it's just like they're not they're not really caring or doing much do about it they're just turning up the other cheek because to them it's all about more votes and how many more votes can we get and who's going to vote on our side we're going to give you kickbacks we're going to give you money go and vote for us no matter what and so what happens in result the american people falter our our entire stance on freedom falters this is why we're at where we're at and we're losing a lot of what we're losing because they're literally pegging for votes and, you know, and, and, uh, and opening up ballot harvesting and all of that, which is legal in many states. And what I think, you know, um, we need to start doing is, you know, if we've tried for years, the Republican Party has tried for years to ban ballot harvesting and we're not successful over and over again. We're not successful. Well, why don't we start doing it? We need to start doing that as Republicans. And I don't really know why they're not. If you're not successful in banning it, you're not successful in changing it, then let's do what they're doing. Make it a level playing field. Yes, my biggest problem is, um, I think a couple of the documentaries that I'd seen, obviously 2,000 Meals by Dinesh D'Souza uh, brought up a lot of stuff. Matter of fact, I mean, pretty much they could, um, they could convict these people immediately if they really cared. Um, as well as the one that uh, Mike Lindell had tried to put out a little bit before that. And what amazed me about Mike Lindell, you talk about guys putting his, putting his head in a vice, is um, him trying to run for RNC chairman. Uh, I would be totally for that because I think, for one, as a businessman, he's obviously built a very successful business from the bottom up. None of that, but he's an American success story. How many times do you hear about the left talk about, 
oh, we want to praise those people that went down a drug path and uh, hit rock bottom and then totally reinvented themselves one way or another. I mean, that's America loves a comeback story, period. And this guy's a prime example of that. But because he's a Christian and because he supports Trump, he's, he, he, he's a void of that acknowledgement. And so I think some fresh blood like him would be great at the RNC. Obviously, he's built a successful business, so you can't say he would not be a good fundraiser. Because the simple fact that, obviously, uh, even all the setbacks he's had in his business, he's still prospering. So it shows the guy can, can, can make money. Yeah, and that's what we really kind of need. We need more business-minded people because our, our, our country is broken. We're getting all these stupid, only straight politicians in there who know how to get kickbacks and work with people and smile a lot and, 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 but, and, and like buddy-buddy with the lobbyists. We don't need that. We need to fix our freaking trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of debt before our entire economy crashes. And we're, we're not on a good path. Like, there's nothing that says we can get out of the mess that we're in. We're just there. We're at that point. We can't get out. There is at some point you can't put enough band-aids on it. We're crashing. We're already seeing the beginning of that now. Uh, but we need to get people who aren't politicians. And that's that's what I think we forget about our founding. Uh, our founders were not old people when they signed things like the Constitution and Bill of Rights. They were younger. They were young and they were on fire and they knew what they didn't want and what they had before didn't work. So they started something new. They weren't a bunch of old guys, you know, until later in life. Uh, but they signed this as young, confident men who wanted to make a difference. And, and I think a lot of a lot of that we forget. And these were politicians. They had nothing to do with politics. Uh, they were businessmen and entrepreneurs uh, in a brand new country where they had to literally start, you know, from from the ground up to get to where they were and to do the things that they were doing. And I think we really have to remember that because we always just want to elect politicians. Now, the thing about Trump is obviously he's got a big mouth and he says stupid stuff, but who doesn't? I don't elect somebody because they can go out with pretty words. I elect someone based off of the job that they do and can they fix our country or not. It shouldn't matter, uh, you know, to what level. I mean, obviously, there's certain levels you don't want to, you know, incite violence or whatever or anything like that. But Trump was not doing that as much as they want to claim and scream and cry like that's the case. That never was the case. Never. And it's just... It's, it's just insanity, and, 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 and I think our American mindset is too set on hiring quote-unquote politicians rather than hiring someone who is able to get the job done. Well, not that, but um, one of the things I... I Steve Bannon had, had posted something from Marjorie Taylor Greene today on Getter, and it was a meme of JFK talk about he, that he was going to break the CIA down into uh, you know a thousand pieces or whatever and uh, I mentioned I said well uh, that's one of the things but I said another reason was he went against the banksters and I said with the executive order that he had in place and he was already doing species payments where he created one and five dollar bills of United States notes I actually have a five dollar bill of United States notes from 1963 which the difference is it says United States notes instead of Federal Reserve note and the show number's in red instead of green. And so I was able to get one of those for myself. But the thing was, one of the first things that LBJ did after he was assassinated was he came in there and basically reversed all that. But JFK had uh, had basically started to make the Treasury coin money again. 
And so that was another reason why he was one after, because of the fact that he was going after the Federal Reserve. And that um, another reason why they're getting ready to push for digital currencies, because the U.S. dollar has almost completely lost its value since the Fed took over in, um, after it was created in 1913. And, of course, it got us into the war of Indo-Wars that we weren't supposed to be in there in the first place. And uh, all this other crap that Wilson had done. But even Wilson realized afterwards his mistake after he left the presidency because he was a stooge. But my biggest issue is every president that's gone against the bank has died except Jackson. He was the only one that took down the second bank in the United States and survived. They did try to assassinate him, but he basically, no, no, they call him old Hickory for a reason. But he broke the bank. So I, I often wondered if Trump was even considering that. Because one thing that's impressive about Trump is... One of the things he brought about his, his upbringing that really impressed me was that his father had showed him that he would go after the, a construction site, pick up all the extra nails, pick up the extra sawdust, all that stuff. I'm like, why would you pick up sawdust, you know? What he's saying is, look, just because we finished the project doesn't mean you don't pick up all the extra leftover stuff. Because of the fact that that's money that you've recouped. And I think there's a lesson there. Plus the fact he made sure that Don actually went and learned how to drive a lot of the equipment and stuff at the construction sites, which gives him more bargaining power because he could go to Bobcat and go, hey, you know, I like these models you got here and I know what they can do, but uh, why don't you cut me a deal on this because if not, I'll go over here to Caterpillar and uh, they'll give me a machine that doesn't work as good, but I know I can get it for a third less. And so he can wheel and deal because he knows what the machines can do because either he's driven them himself or he's had people that he trusts to make those decisions and say, which which brand do you prefer, Bobcat or Caterpillar? Well, I prefer that. Why? Well, because of this, this, and this. It doesn't have the steering radius that that one does. This one has more tilting capability. So Donald Trump would make those smart business transactions because not only that not only can save a lot of money, but uh, obviously those contractors that come through for him, he makes sure every time he has a building contract, he they are the first ones to call. And so you build that relationship. And so I think what needs to happen here is when he comes in next time, he needs to learn what the Democrats do. They clean out all their people and put all their people in. And he needs to really do his research while he's in his early stages right now, who he wants to put in what office and make sure that they are vetted because of the fact that uh, we've seen even some people he put in, even Amy Comey Bryant, were not receptive to him when it came, when the chips are down on his side, and see, and so I think he got a little bit of stab in the back a couple of times because he thought people would do their job because of their duty, not their politics. Yeah, you know, it's 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 crazy. I, I just think you know, I, I, you're, we need to get the right people in, and what my fear is is they're going to the IC is going to do everything they can to prevent them from getting in, like they did in 2020, you know, and so. I think we have to get more people in to monitor, to watch our elections and whatnot, to start getting the right people in as well, because we've got a lot of rhinos in there as well. But um, definitely, you know, we do need to get, like you said, the business-minded people, uh, learn lessons from the little things and get the people in who have learned lessons from the little things so that they can take that and apply it. So, let's, you know, let's, let's set in that. I think, the la- I think the last thing I want to uh, touch base with you on is... Um, your position as a woman. Um, one of the things I've also respect about Donald Trump too is is that he's actually had women in very high positions of um, of authority 
within his organization, I mean, even um, on-site managers that did his construction. Ivana had actually ran one of his hotels that was very good at it, actually. Um, and as well as him recognizing other women that would be good in various positions. For example, he actually approached Tulsi Gabbard to be a, uh, a UN uh, representative. Of course, she turned it down. Uh, she may have some regrets about doing it now. But, you know, since Tulsi's left the Democrat Party, I, I know she kept popping on Fox News a lot more lately. As a commentator, I'm like, what is she doing and why they want to bring her on? And I realized that she's been doing her own podcast since uh, October. So I listened to one of her podcasts recently about our position about women. And uh, the trans thing is really actually destroying everything that women have fought for the last hundred years since uh, the suffragette movement. What really uh, amazes me is is that I've always been personally impressed by women who stand up for things. I mean, I've got uh, allies here that uh, have earned a lot of my respect, like Dr. Kelly Coles when she stepped up to the Springboro uh, School Board and really started asking questions about where the money was going, and they kept telling her, don't worry about it, and she kept going after it and realized why they had a uh, almost a $20 million deficit. Uh, she was able to correct all that during her tenure on the school board. And so uh, my mother, for example, she's always been a hard worker her whole life. And when she finally had to force retire due to her health, um, it was really flabbergasting the fact that uh, she had worked all those years. And um, when it come time to, you know, try to get a disability, they were giving her a hard time about it. And she's like, I would still be working today, Your Honor, if, if I was able to. And, you know, she just, her health wasn't, wasn't permitting her to do it at the time. And so when I see someone like Tulsi Gabbard, I have a lot of respect for her because of the fact that she's still active duty military and reserves. And even when she was running for president, Lisa, she made sure that when it came time for rotation due to her two weeks, she didn't try to shirk her duty. She went to the uh, Indonesia, whatever, did her two weeks, and came back and jumped on the trail. Um, so I gave her a lot of credit. But when I see all this stuff in women's sports and how they're being totally displaced by men who think they're women, it's absolutely disgusting. And so as a woman, as yourself... What do you see from this perspective? Because the fact that, um, I mean, obviously you've worked up a name for yourself as a as a, uh, a pundit and as a commentator, um, and and you see how this cancel culture crap comes through. As a woman, what does that speak to you? Yeah, I, I you know it really ticks me off. Like when I see these sports, right? So I had, for example, I had my girls in cheerleading for quite a number of years, and my girls did gymnastics for quite a number of years, and, and then there's other sports. There's soccer. There's, uh, you know, all the sports that women are involved in, and it pisses me off because I don't care. You want to call yourself a woman. You want to call yourself a man. That's great. Go ahead. Do it. I just don't care, but don't stick yourself in a women's sport knowing dang well you're a man and your body is stronger your the physical differences are real and I don't, I don't care if you accept that or not they just are and the truth of the matter is you've got one guy guy swimmer in a girl's sport with a girl they're, they're going to win and so women will never again win sports uh, in like swimming, in like your powerlifting. These these cannot be won when you have some kind of transgender person in a woman's sport. And it's a complete utter insult. And, and the other thing that insults me, and this may be gross to hear, so if you have little kids, you may want to hit the pause for a second. Right. But the other thing that really takes me off is us women, we have babies. And that's very painful. And we have menstrual cycles and periods. I claim that as a woman, I go 
through that. I went through that my whole life, the menstrual cycle. I went through having a baby. You, as a man, even if you want to call yourself a woman, a trans woman or whatever, you can't do that. You never have. You never will. You don't know the pain of that. And so it really ticks me off that they want to say things like, I can have a menstrual cycle. No, you can't. You never had one. You don't know the pain of it. It's like somebody who... And somebody who has gone through diabetes or some kind of unfortunate cancer and me coming along saying, well, I verify with you. I'm just like you. I had cancer, too, even if I didn't. Right. And trying to say, well, I know exactly what you're going through. And that's the insult. That's the way that I view it. I would never say that. I mean, I pray for people who have medical issues. But for you to say that you can have some kind of, and I'm going to call it a, a medical issue, like women have menstrual cycles. It sucks. It's, it's not yeah. fun. Yeah. And for them to come and equate it, no, you don't get that banner. You do not get that banner and you do not get that honor. I don't care who you think you are. So, I mean, I mean I'm a little ticky but it really does it really irks me you know you you do what you want to do but don't you know don't force it on my children a you want to be that great go ahead you know i'm not the judge of, of, of anyone but don't try to say you can feel the pain and you know what it's like for things you've never experienced or had to go through. Well, not that, but I, I don't want a man dressing in a dressing room with my daughter uh, for a sporting event thinking that it's okay, that he could have his junk hanging out. Man, I'm like, really? Are you serious? I mean, that's absolutely disgusting. And not to mention... And then t- you have to explain to your child, like, uh, you, I mean, go in the guy's room. I, I mean, unless you had some kind of surgery where you now got something else, okay, maybe, <laughs> but not if, you know, you're, you, you can't be putting your things down in front of children that's just sick and disgusting yeah i mean not none of that but a lot of the programs you see on disney stuff is absolutely horrendous the content stuff the sexualization is just absolutely disgusting you know i always tell i always tell parents all the time you need to watch the the movie first before you allow your child to see it because you may pick up on many things they don't like subconsciously uh, i showed a video to someone that shit was a compilation of these disney videos and i said look even classic films like uh, Rescue Rangers, where the chipmunks are flying down and skiing down a slope at high speed, and images are just flying by. Well, this co- commentator started stop freeze framing the images, and one of them was a four pane window silhouette of a voluptuous woman. What the hell is that doing in a Disney film, and and where it's flying by at a half a second interval? It's like obviously that it, it, it registers in the subconscious. And it's just the type of perversion that goes on there. I'm sure Walt, if he knew this, would never allow this to happen during his lifetime. That's for sure. But one of the things I mentioned to you earlier is the cancel culture is um, when you're talking about how not let the things get to you. You know, when they want to go out and attack you for this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. You know, one of the things I saw recently was uh, they attacked Ice-T because of his uh, participation with Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live doing a skit on uh, the new Game of Thrones prequel. Um, and they try to go after him, and he's like, you know what? He's like, they've been trying to cancel me for decades. I don't give a shit, you know? And they know it doesn't bother them. I mean, Ice-T has been one of the most controversial rappers for a long time and uh, has played a cop for 20-plus years on a TV program, you know? But the thing is, and I've listened to his commentary. You know, a lot of his raps are about himself and this, that, and the other. I get it, but every now and then he's got some social commentary. Not as good as, like, Tupac. But um, he does have some good talking points. But the bottom line is, he doesn't let it bother him. And they know it doesn't bother him. And so I think if you get that impression where basically it's like water off a duck's back, 
Um, they don't bother to go after you because of the simple fact they know that he just doesn't give a shit. And I think that's some of the attitude that we have to have when they come attack us. And like, really, dude? Do you, do you really think that actually bothers me? Or just like I say, hey, who are you to me? Do you put food on my table? Do you pay my bills? Do you fix my car? I don't think so. So you are irrelevant to me. You know, don't talk to talk to the hand, dude. Go screw yourself. And I think when they realize that it doesn't bother you, they don't keep coming after you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I think that does shut them down as well. So, that's so, good news. <laughs> so, 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 kind of wrapping it up a little bit. Um, what are some of the things you see in your crystal ball that um, you think definitely we should pay attention to? You mentioned the Twitter files earlier, and how much the revelation depends on how many more chapters that um, Elon Musk is going to put out. Because I did, I did a tweet out to him today because I saw that they were attacking about the. The journalist that he's that he basically gave him only seven day bans. I'm like, really? At least you only got a seven day ban, you know? Uh, I was an elected official one time, uh, more recently, in my local GOP, and because I had several accounts all linked together by my phone number, because my main one got shut down, all my other ones got shut down. So I had one that was dedicated to music. I had one that was dedicated to my position as an elected uh, official. How was that not considered election meddling? Because of the fact that you are you're not allowing me to communicate to my constituents who elected me. So I tweeted that out and even put my hand on there and I said, look, I think that's an issue because of the fact that how many other sitting members of elected officials or even appointed officials can't tweet out because of one post that they post that Twitter didn't like? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, they're, they're absolutely right. That's why I think, you know, looking into the future, one of the most important things right now, or I guess currently are these Twitter files because we already know this, but the public isn't fully aware, but if Twitter's doing it, Facebook is doing it. I know that for 100% certainty. One day I had 20, I've always had about 27,000 followers on Facebook and I would get up to a million likes, like on some post or 10,000 likes, you know, I think I got a million one time on there, but like I had thousands of followers and then one day like a light, Suddenly it went down to 200 likes and 100 likes. And now I'm lucky if I get maybe 10 to 20. And that's with the same amount of followers, which, by the way, hasn't changed since that day. It's Mm -hmm. like changed maybe a thousand. Uh, That's because they're doing the same thing Twitter's doing. That's because YouTube's doing it. Google's doing it. YouTube's doing it too. Uh, When I was half the size I was on YouTube, I had three times the amount of clicks that I do today. So there's no question. There's no if, and, and buts. We're not conspiracy theory. This is happening. And unless they make changes and we get more things happening like Elon Musk we're all screwed because they'll shut down just like they shut you down anyone they don't like you won't be able to share your information you won't be able to get out there and the American people will never know who you are and they think their only choices are the communist leftist progressives and that's it and that's all that'll get voted and that's why I think it's of utmost importance and, and which is why I think everybody needs to look into the Twitter files because they expose how they censored mass majority of conservatives let's just be frank here pretty much all of us have been censored i would say 90 percent of us especially if you have a big platform and not only that but the fbi and the biden team worked with them to do it and encouraged them to do it told them the information of what to do this is this isn't internet controlled by we the people this is controlled by the u.s government now that elon is in charge twitter is no longer owned quote unquote by the government because he's not allowing that but all these other organizations are your google is your twitter your your facebook is your instagram is your youtube is 
And we are literally controlled and fighting at every level. That's why Elon is such a threat to them. How is this any different than the Pentagon Papers uh, back in the early 70s? I mean, it's almost the same the, the same impact um, yeah. as far as relevancy. I mean, seriously, that's what I look at is the fact that, um, you know, Dan, was it Daniel Ellsberg, I think his name was, that put that out? And he was, boy, they, they tried to hunt him down and put his head on a spike, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, and I have my thoughts on Elon. I, I, I want to think he's a Paul Revere. But, um, you know, he's done a lot of things that, he, that uh, I don't support. Like, he supports, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, gene splicing crap and some other things. Oh, yeah. I, I don't really... There's a lot of stuff that I'm not with him on. Like, I, I'm a libertarian. I just want the government to stay, stay the hell out of a lot of it and, and, and have a limited government. But Elon Musk does. Like, I don't agree with his brain chips and all of that. No, yes. absolutely not. But yeah. I will agree with him. But I think people can, you know, do different things. You can agree with people on stuff and you can disagree with them. But on this Twitter file and his stance on free speech, I will 100% support him there. In the other areas, I will not. Yeah, it's like with Tulsi Gabbard. You know, there's some things that she's uh, pushed I didn't agree with. But I always supported her ability to speak it. That's why she was the first Democrat I actually ever supported at all. I, you know, I said some money in her campaign because I, I said specifically, I want you on that stage. Because like Ron Paul, you're educating a lot of people. Because people are looking up and saying, who is this person? Not to mention, she dressed totally different than everybody else. She wore white a lot, so she almost looked like an angel, you know. Where everyone else is wearing like dark colors, more drabby things. So I, I really appreciate the fact that she ran because I thought she had something to say. And uh, again, I, I, I respect her service. And she's really tried to uh, at least be a beacon of hope as far as a voice of reason in, in the woods. But the problem is, she's one of the few ones that has signal and everyone else has noise. Yeah, so, I like her. So now I'm all I'm waiting for is Lisa Haven to be on Tucker Carlson so she can really get her, uh, her, her, her dues worth and get millions of followers because it's like, ooh, who's this chick? Well, that that it's it's a blessing and a curse. I can tell you that because the more people recognize you, it's always uh, it's nice to be recognized for your hard work. At the same stroke, you always have to look over your shoulder too. Absolutely. And if you guys want to check me out, um, I've, I'm on YouTube under Lisa Haven. Just plug me in there; I'll come up. Or RestrictedRepublic.com, where we put all of our information. And then we also have a new channel on YouTube, but it's totally aside from the normal. It's like humor, fun, entertainment, uh, kind of reviews of restaurants and whatnot. But that's called We're Forked Up. It's really cool. We just started that, so that's one you can check me out. Also. Oh, definitely, and. Uh... Uh, in, in a future reference, too, I sometimes have round tables, and depending on schedule um, availability, I like to include you on those because I've had some very interesting guests um, that have come together and uh, really have some great commentary because filter of influence of different people. That's one of the things I like about libertarianism is that you can get a lot of people to come together and we can agree to disagree when necessary, but we don't get nasty like the left does. Like, oh, you don't follow my viewpoint? Well, I'm going to dox you. You know I mean? We don't play that game. We just say, okay, well, you know. And, and, and I've had guests on that maybe disagree with 90% of my platform, but whatever issue we're talking about, we're 100% on. Like uh, a, a guest you should check out would be uh, Dr. Lori Handrahan. She put out a book a few years ago talking about um, the amount of pedophilia that's going on in a lot of our institutions. 
And uh, people that are supposed to be our protectors are actually our predators, whether they're military, uh, sheriffs, uh, whatever the case may be. And because uh, she had a situation happen with her ex-husband, um, who was a Muslim, I guess, and that basically he was able to take their daughter from him when they got divorced and basically said he could do whatever the hell he wants with her. And she's like, oh, hell no. But, but he screwed her in many ways. And so when she was trying to go through the system to get her back, she really started to see how corrupt the system was. And, um, and she's got a very impressive resume herself. I mean, she's worked with the UN and many other things. She's educated in, um, I think it was uh, School of Economics in London, whatever the case would be. But the bottom line is, um, Lord, uh, um, I just got her damn name for a second. Laura Logan. Laura Logan had uh, talked about some of that, and I suggested that she check her out because she wrote a book about it recently. And uh, many times I've had her on the show... I've uh, been some of my top-rated shows because she goes in details of just how sick some of these individuals are, and um, and and they make it look they literally have a Jekyll and Hyde personality. You never realize that, that individual is that sick of a guy and he's wearing a badge. At the same stroke, I've also told her said that's one way how they could destroy you too. Let's say you're a scientist or you work at NASA and you say, hey, I'm going to expose this. Next thing you know, they hack into your hard drive and it can put something on there without your knowledge. I mean, look look what happened to um, Cheryl Atkinson. She showed a video in live time how they were deleting files off her computer. That's insane. So, I mean, it could, it could happen one way or another. But I think that would be a very interesting guest maybe for you to check out in the future. And I'll send you all her uh, information that I got. And uh, you, you can try to contact her. I think that would be a very interesting story because of the fact that more and more that Trump was in office, he was exposing uh, the pedophilia that was going on in our institutions and very little fanfare about shutting it down. Yeah, no, absolutely. Send me your info. I'd love it. That, would be, that was some really awesome stuff, so definitely a great thing. So, Lisa, it was definitely great having you back on again. Um, always looking forward to your commentary and, and your awesome videos. And I like how you got your little studio set up there. You really... Um, have built yourself up a great media format, so I got to give you kudos, girl. Thank you, thank you so much. You as well. You're doing great too. Okay, so I will talk to you again soon, and uh, I, I definitely want to uh, to keep doing what you're doing because we really appreciate you. All right, thank you. All right, have a good one. Bye bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Lisa Haven, and um, like I said, there's a lot of stuff there you can check out on her websites. She has a very good YouTube channel, and she also has a lot of commentary there. And there's a lot of great stuff there on what's going on. You can go to her main website at uh, restrictedpublic.com. There's a lot of information there. You can also get on there and also have some paid things. You can uh, try for free for 14 days. She has a lot of good stuff on there. Again, she really takes the time to do this, plus the fact that I just like her style, period, because the fact that she... Not only knows her stuff, she pres- she presents it in a very easy to digest format, and plus the fact that um, I think she's a, you know it's interesting when I saw that um, Jennifer Lawrence had gotten attacked recently because of the fact that she said there hadn't been really uh, been any hits you know any lead women hits or whatever for until I came along and which is BS because I'm like hello Scorny Weaver alien 1979 you dumb bimbo you weren't even a forethought in your daddy's mind at that time you know she really kind of got on there and she's like well I think it's harder for women or men can't relate to lead 
uh, female roles. I totally disagree with that because there's a lot of female roles that I've had uh, enjoyed watching over the years. Hell, even Wonder Woman, dude. Growing up, Linda Carter was my first love, dude. As a as a young, you know, prepubescent boy, man, she was hot. But the bottom line was, she was a heroine. Now, I think the new Wonder Woman really gives her a lot of more action figure type of thing, and really shows just how much of a powerful warrior she is. Unfortunately, is portrayed by Gal Gadot, who is a Jew. This is Israeli Jew, as a matter of fact. So that's an interesting thing in the same. But I always appreciate women in lead roles, as well as I oftentimes am a big fan of women recording artists. There's a lot of artists that I've enjoyed over the years. One of my favorites growing up was Donna Summer, the queen of disco. And she happens to be black. But she had a great vocal range. She also had, um, she actually wrote a lot of the songs herself. She had a really great uh, uh, production crew with her producer husband, as well as... um, just great elements, and then when disco started to die out, she still had some hits in the '80s, even up into the uh, into the '90s. And it was sad that, uh, of all things, she died from um, lung cancer, uh, resulting from 9/11. Actually, she breathed a lot of the dust because she was in New York City when that shit happened. But the bottom line is, is that um, to and I've read her autobiography to actually have your greatest asset taken from you, your ability to be able to sing is a great loss. It really is. And so you can also go to uh, youtube.com slash Lisa Haven and you'll be able to check out her videos there as well. But like I said, she's really come a long way. Plus the fact that I like her personal style because of the fact that not only she put the information out there and gets it to you and um, you can tell she's she's got her sources she's built over the last 10 plus years, as she has said. But I like her general actual style, her personal style, her dress style. To me, she shows she is is a woman. She actually has a, a really good look about her. Same with uh, Leah McAdoo when she's on Infowars. I liked her style. She she was out there on a uh, man on the street reporter getting stuff. She had excellent commentary, and I liked her style because she really acts in her femininity. So I mean. Those are good things that I resonate with as a man because I go, wow, this chick really got some shit. You know, me, intelligent women are more attracted to me than just a good-looking broad. You know what I'm saying? An intelligent woman really gets me. And a lot of the people I've built relationships with and have uh, uh, politicos and stuff like that, I, I've been drawn to them because of the fact that they're smart, they're intelligent, and they're engaging. They don't just talk to talk. They walk to walk. That's why... You know, Kelly Coles is actually an inspiration of mine because of the fact that she saw the shit that was going on. She went into it and she went nonstop. And then afterwards, she even tried to start her own organization to counteract the Ohio School Board Association. So, I mean, I really appreciate women like that because of the fact that they're they're not just talkers, they're doers. And I think Lisa has serious potential to be a major media personality because of the fact that she is serious in what she does. She doesn't take any shit. She doesn't back down. And obviously, she's got some pretty good sponsorships over the years, too. So, obviously, other people uh, believe in what she does as well. So, again, I've told people all the time, I I don't care what you do. If I inspire you, if Lisa inspires you, whatever the case may be, get out there and do it. Because of the fact that I may only tread so much water with what I do. But... I could pass the baton on to, to uh, you know a young buck, and he really becomes the main guy to really expose what's going on out there. You know, and all it takes is one person. Look how a whole generation, Ron Paul, has inspired 
a whole generation of millennials. They know the Federal Reserve is not federal. There are no reserves. They want to get out of the Social Security system because they know it's a Ponzi scheme. Rand Paul has asked this stuff all the time. And that's because the work his father did. And it took him two full long terms of Congress sessions to finally get through. That his signal finally resonated with somebody. Now, in that particular case, it took almost 30 years for Ron Paul to finally get the recognition he deserved. And then when he ran for president in 08 and 12, he had used that as an education platform. That's another reason why I supported Tulsi Gabbard. I thought of many issues she's spot on. Is she definitely on our side, especially as whites? No, she's not. But the fact that she identified that the Democratic Party is so anti-white that she had to leave it. Because, as she said, the reason why she joined the Democratic Party, she was inspired by cultural leaders of the 60s and 70s, such as Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King and many others that had stepped up and instead of things that right, you know. But the bottom line is, it's good to advance minorities up to more positions such as us but we cannot lower ourselves to get to that level especially at the same time do you understand what i'm saying you can't just oh i'm gonna bring these people up but i'm gonna lower my standard to meet them halfway nah dude we need to set a high bar for everybody everyone wants to be like us then inspire to be like us if you want to aspire to be like us then you got to do the work man you got to bust your ass you got to overcome some of your cultural difficulties and um even some physicalities because it's obvious the races are not the same. And anyone thinks that they are is lying to you. Absolutely lying to you. Chinese, Asians, whatever may have a higher IQ than whites. But you don't see China out there fucking uh, doing circumventing the fucking globe. No. It was Magellan. It was Columbus. It was uh, Galileo. All these people that were actually putting forth treatises or actually on the ships themselves... Going out there to prove shit right. You don't see China doing that. The only possible story that they may have discovered America. Supposedly a Chinese junk made it up to the, uh, the southern part of Alaska by Anchorage. That was probably it. Okay. But, and that was before, that was like 1462 or something like that. So it was before Columbus. But obviously, Leif Erikson got here long before all those motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So Vikings, and, and Viking stuff has been found in the Mississippi River bed, actually in um, Mississippi or in Arkansas. And uh, they actually found a Viking ship that actually had whoever it was buried with it in the muddy banks of the Mississippi. So hello, motherfuckers. We got here before all you bitches. Now, there are obviously some DNA evidence to prove that American Indians have a lot of Asian in them. And obviously, you can see that in their faces. And it would be a natural one. The, the Bering Isthmus was there before it collapsed and became the Bering Strait. Okay? So, people would have migrated and they would have followed the animals. So, it's a natural thing to follow the food source. So, the bottom line is, there are obviously Asian peoples here before us. But the bottom the line before that was, is that... Vikings came here first, then you Wells, you got Chinese, and then you've got other Europeans. And should we totally shit can Columbus because what he did as governor of Haiti and some other stuff there? No. And and not to mention there's even some speculation of what Columbus even was. Was he actual you know, 
Who actually funded him? We found out that it actually was not the Queen of Spain. It was actually Jews. <laughs> Who had a lot of potential to, re to gain a return on. So, again, there's always going to be thinkers and there's always going to be people that aspire to reach the stars in some way, form, or fashion. And we should always... Even the Medici family. You know, when Kanye talked about the Medicis, they were one of the main founders behind the Renaissance. Because a lot of stuff that they did, a lot of the artists that they helped support and things of that nature, because they saw a form of expression that had its own reward in the future. And eventually the Medicis um, fell out of favor and eventually were wiped out. So, I mean, for the longest time, though, they helped push a new way of thinking of things, which the church was totally trying to suppress in many ways. That's why they forced Galileo to try to um, retract his, his treatise on stuff because of the fact that it went against Christian doctrine. Well, when you have any type of theocracy that runs shit, you know, again, that's why I always said Henry VIII was the true rebel because of the fact that he understood his divine right to rule as a kingdom of, of his kingdom. And when he said, well, you won't grant me a divorce from my first wife, screw you, then I'm just going to start my own church. And then the Church of England, which is Protestant, so now I'm going, first I chastise Martin Luther, now I, now I praise him. And uh, guess what? I'm going to be smart and become the de facto head of the Church of England so they won't stab me in the back like you motherfuckers. So, I mean, seriously, it worked out great for him. Because of the fact that he had a goal and he had his sire, a son, to take over. saying, of course, he had a son, but he died. But um, Mary ended up coming to the throne, and she, but she was an ardent, just absolute like blood and rage Catholic to wipe out Protestantism in England and her father had promote. But then Queen Elizabeth come along and actually she was the Protestant queen and actually um, pushed that. But she was also smart to realize that I'm going to arm my people because if we get invaded, it's going to be our people that are going to defend this island. Not to mention that uh, firearms just coming along at the time that Henry VIII was in, was, uh, in his reign. And that she also promoted the use of firearms, um, not only in the army, but also uh, the, the technology as well. Because of the fact that if there was a pending invasion on Britannia, she had to make sure that they could defend everything. So, kudos to her. So, And then she became one of the greatest monarchs that Britain had ever produced. But the bottom line is, there's all sorts of visionaries. For every revolution, is one man with a vision, or one woman. So we need to listen to these people when they actually speak out and not try to uh, smash them down or um, say, oh, I disagree with what you say about this. Or they say one pronoun wrong or they say one sentence wrong or they might look back history and go, you know what? Kanye is right. You know, L look at what Hitler did to really bring a robust economy. You know, I, I, I got a video here um, from uh, Renegade Tribune. And they're talking about that. And there's a black man that was talking about this. And actually, he made sure to let the rabbi talk about it himself and show exactly why Hitler was actually um, not completely bad guy. <clears throat> so there's an excellent um, art article on that on Renegade Tribune. Uh, prepare for a massive influx of Nazis after Ye self-identifies as a Hitler-loving Holocaust denier. <laughs> and Jones was really trying to fucking cover his ass, which was really just some crazy shit. But here is a guy here 
um, that I guess he had talked about. And I'm trying to read who he is. Uh, he does not say his name that I can see. So he carries here. Of course, regardless, as we need to work with what we have got, as Ron Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. While many people see the headlines about yay or even watch the whole interview, think he has just gone crazy, there will be a whole lot of people, especially younger ones, who think that it is seriously cool to identify as a Nazi. Read Mein Kampf and look into the ridiculous claims of the Holocaust. So here is an excellent thing. I do not know who this uh, black commentator is, but he's got a thing here on Hitler's financial miracle. So check this clip out. You're going to want to watch this video. As a leader, he accomplished what's viewed today as the biggest financial miracle in history. Hitler came to power, and within six years, Germany became the wealthiest economy in the world. How did this happen, Brother Joshua? Don't even trip, I got you. Hitler implemented two laws to make this happen. I could tell you about them personally, but I'd rather have a Jewish rabbi prove my point. <laughs> Rule number one. No more pornography. No more homosexuality. None of that garbage. Not allowed. Berlin, in the 30s, in the 20s, was the Sodom and Gomorrah of the day. They were the Las Vegas of the day. They were the Sodom and Gomorrah of the day. Homosexuality, pornography, all the bestiality, all the garbage of the world, that was the capital of the world. He outlawed it, so you're no longer allowed, closed all the bars, all the gay clubs, all the production, which were all run by Jewish people, unfortunately. Well, see, we gotta come with their own Jewish scholarship, because when I say it, they call it hate teaching. Well, let's get into rule number two. Second rule. What's the second rule? Second rule was, you're not allowed to charge interest. No more interest. Now you would think, why? What does he care about interest? Well, because all the people that had the money, that lent the money out, were Jews. He didn't like it. He said no more interest. Why? Because of the high interest that the Jews charged people was so high, it ruined and destroyed the economy in Germany. They destroyed, just like they destroyed Russia a few years before that, through their communism over there. Jews destroyed Russia. Not the, not the Jews destroyed. Communism is by Jews. Well, don't let anybody confuse you. Look at history, Karl Marx, all the other Rashaim, they're all Jews. Wicked, but nonetheless Jews. Mm. They destroyed Russia, and he wrote in chapter 2 of Mein Kampf, they destroyed Russia, now they wanted, they're destroying uh, Germany, that's why I have to destroy them. Now, this doesn't make he's right, point is, that's actually real true history. Ooh. How is something that took place in another country years ago relevant to what's going on in America in 2022? I might as well let him finish it off. This is happening again. Yes. And so now that when you watch The Greatest Story Never Told, you really understand the background, especially Berlin 1920s, and how it became a complete decadent cesspool. And so uh, the Nazis cleaned that up. So when Kanye was saying there's a lot of things that Hitler and the Nazis did that was good, if they, he was correct. Now that, but he'd list a lot of the things. They started the 40-hour um, work week, as well as also trying to do an anti-smoking campaign on many different things, uh, making sure that there's cafeterias, break areas for workers and stuff like that, because he knew if the workers were happy, um, production would definitely increase. He also eliminated a lot of the trade unions. Trade unions were seen as a, a conflict of interest to the German state. So those are some interesting things there. And uh, when I've interviewed Dennis Weiss several times in this program, um, one of the things I mentioned said the real reason why they hated him is because he abolished usury. 
So that's a pretty much the assessment there. But the bottom line is you want to go actually listen to what people have to say. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things Alex Jones says I don't agree with. Okay, there's other things that Tulsi Gabbard says that I don't agree with. There are other things that uh, hey, maybe even Lisa Haven may say I don't agree with. But I'm not going to try to censor them. You know, I want them to have the ability to be heard because in in the free market of ideas. If people groove on what you're doing and like what you do, then they'll keep coming back to it and either purchase your items or support your broadcast or whatever the case may be. Or advertisers come to you because they realize that there's enough people watching the stuff that they may get um, more customers in them of themselves. So it, it's it's a symbiotic circle. They, they all support each other. That's why they oftentimes try to boycott advertisers on Tucker Carlson because they don't like what Tucker has to say. Right now, Tucker Carlson is probably the only voice on Fox News that actually really matters. Sean Hannity doesn't matter. Matter of fact, really, Juliana said, I gave the information to Sean Hannity. He totally, he totally punted it. He kicked it out of the damn ballpark. He didn't even want to touch it. So there you go. Hannity's completely compromised. And he's, and, uh, he's a Jewish sycophant to Israel. I mean, whenever you hear him talk about Benjamin Netanyahu, he says it with almost like a Pavlovian response. I mean, it's almost like... Uh, uh, Homer Simpson, when he talks about donuts, you can hear him, the drool coming out of his mouth, like, donuts. <sighs> or, I love it when these politicos refer to him as BB. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I love BB. Yeah, I bet you do, you faggot. So, I mean, that's the serious thing is that what I see is that anyone has commentary, commentary, you don't agree with it, don't try to fucking try to, try to cancel them. They're like, I don't give a shit. Ice T don't give a shit. I don't think Donald Trump really gives a shit, but I think he does at some point because, in fact, he's backpedaling. Anytime it comes to supporting a right-wing politico, he backs off. At Charlottesville, he was right. He said there was bad people on both sides. Oh, they attacked him on that. And the next day, he, he started sidestepping his fucking comment. And I'm like, dude, it showed us right there he betrayed the, the entire right. You know, he virtue signaled and dog whistled to us. We were expecting him to at least step up, and uh, he didn't. What do you expect? He's got Jared Kirshner in the White House. He's got Stephen Miller in the White House. His own daughter is a convert. That's what I'm saying. If Trump gets back in office, he needs to make sure he keeps his family out for their own protection. If if they're not there, then they can't try to stick him for anything after the fact, whether he's successful or not. Because they don't try to say, oh, you were in the room. You knew. No, I wasn't privy to that conversation. Doesn't matter. You were in the White House. You were guessing, You were in the guest book at that time. You had to have been in the Oval Office. No, dude, I was sitting out there waiting in the fucking in the foyer like everybody else. Then I'm actually going to assume that you are privy to all the information and you weren't even in the room when the, when the conversation was held. So, again, you see how it puts him at a serious disadvantage. His children need to focus on Trump organization and what they do best there. Stay out of politics. You know what I mean? If, if I could see Don Jr. maybe after Trump's gone, running for Senate in New York, I think he'd be a good senator, okay? But he should be like Teddy Kennedy, never seeks office himself, okay? Because I just think he'd be too easily compromised. Especially since him and his wife split, and now he's with uh, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. She's a Jew. So it's, it's, the Trump family is completely tainted. They need to just step away from that shit and just move on. Okay, we don't want any more political dynasties. Uh, we're done with the Kennedys. We're done. You know, we had the Adamses. We're done with the Bushes. That's it. No more political dynasties. You, you, I, 
Just like when I text Shannon Jones here, when her husband was running for office of township trustee or something, I'm like, nah, fuck that. You ain't having both of you guys in public office. That's bullshit. There's too much back scratching that can go on there, man. No. Your wife is a state senator? Nah, dude. Stay the fuck out, you know? And he he did lose his bid for whatever office he was running for. I think it was township trustee or whatever. But bottom line is, I'm like, dude, you run an auto mechanic business, stay in that, okay? Your wife's in politics, let her milk it, and then get the hell out. You know what I'm saying? Because she clearly showed that she's a neocon after she got in there because she, she got a taste for the money. And she quickly backpedaled on a lot of her shit. So that, that's what it is. But when it comes to women, I don't want to see women screwed out of their sports. I, I want to see women step up. Um, a lot of times, a woman's point of view should be listened to because of the fact they have unique filter of experience. And <clears throat> I don't think anyone, I don't think any woman in politics has, should I comment on family unless they've had children themselves. Now, if they can't have children, that's different. They may maybe they've had, uh, you know, could have had uh, uterine cancer or something when they were younger. It could be in a number of cases, but they may have close family members. You know, just like I don't think anyone um, thinks if someone does run for president. If they don't already have military background experience, they should at least have a one close family member that has been in the military. Like Sarah Palin, her oldest son was active duty when she ran for vice president. Okay, I can at least appreciate them because she knows she'd be putting her son in harm's way. Okay, a lot of these guys like Joe Biden shit, draft dodgers, motherfuckers like that. Okay, they ain't got no business fucking ordering troops around. None. Because they have no concept of what it's like to put your ass on the line and when you have to write those letters. I mean, Abraham Lincoln actually wrote hand letters to family members of their sons that died during the Civil War. Okay? Trump's done it. Trump will actually do phone calls. He actually takes his personal time to call someone um, to talk about the loss of a, a, a soldier. Okay? That's one of the things that Trump does. He puts that personal touch on things, man. And that's what the military gravitate towards him because he actually cares. Plus, he's gone to a military school growing up. So at least he understands the protocols of the military. Okay? You have to give him some credit. Trump has done a lot of research for himself. He subscribes to periodicals. He at least understands all different kinds of businesses. And he can uh, relate to how they ebb and flow and stuff like that. We need a Ross Perot. We need a Donald Trump in office. We don't need some of these other motherfuckers who have never held a job like Barack Obama. That guy was a usurper up and down. More evidence has come out more and more that he fraudulently also got put in office because he did not have the votes in 2008. So it's becoming even more painfully obvious. Not that we wanted John McCain in, but my biggest issue is we have other presidential candidates that are recognized candidates. They need to be on that debate stage. Ever since Ross Perot came on in 92 and threatened the, the, the establishment with his presidency, they created a presidential election committee and that only Democrat and Republican candidates can be on that stage. Bullshit. It takes a foreign news agency like RT, Russia Today, to actually have dem uh, to actually have presidential debates with other presidential candidates from the Constitution Party, Libertarian Party, the Green Party. Uh, there's a couple other parties out there who have legitimate presidential candidates that are able to run for office. Okay, I don't understand why they're not allowed on that stage as well. And obviously, during a plurality, whoever got the most votes would win. 
And that's dangerous, too, because that would be very easy to put one candidate over the rest of them by a simple, small uh, majority of votes. You know, you got divided by three, you know, four people. Oh, man, I've got 26% of the vote. I win. How easy would it be to spill that over as opposed to a 51% in a two-man race? You know? But again... I definitely have some issues about women running for president because, in fact, it is the most stressful job in the world. And some people may ask that, but yet, at the same stroke, Margaret Thatcher proved as prime minister that it could be done. Okay? And we've seen other presidential uh, presidents in other countries, but at the same stroke, how they're easily they're, they're manipulated, such as Angela Merkel. That woman should have been thrown out of politics a long time ago, man. Completely unacceptable as leader of Germany. Okay? But again... Um, if you put forth a candidate, regardless of the gender, they should be able to fucking win. Now, I don't want some transgender running either, you know. But when I see other political groups able to have legitimate presidential candidates run for office, they need to be recognized and need to be heard, okay? That's why, again, I supported Tulsi Gabbard during the last presidential cycle because of the fact that I thought she had something to say. And like Ron Paul, she educated a lot of people on many things. Now she has a podcast. Um, uh, right off the bat, the thing about women, she's already going for some woman who's already in the process of relocating to Israel. So, I mean, just shows that that chick's compromised, whoever she is. But the bottom line is, I still want to hear her opinion um, from her political point of view. I want to hear her opinion as a woman, and I want to hear her opinion as someone who's uh, who has been active due to the military and is still active in the reserves. I'm assuming she still is active. And now that, but she achieved the rank of major. Okay, that's no that's something she can stick at. Okay, that is accomplishment. That is accomplishment. All right, she should be respected for what she's done within her realm, and I appreciate that. Okay, so make sure you check out all things Lisa Haven at um, restrictedrepublic.com. You can also follow her on YouTube at Lisa Haven. And uh, and I encourage you to do that because she has a lot of great material on there. And um, she has uh, been around for a little while now. She's seen some things and she's built up some good resources. So always try to listen to the independent broadcaster because of the fact that um, as long as they don't have big, big name sponsors writing checks which could compromise their content. Uh, and I don't think Lisa has gotten to that point, that's for sure, because I can tell. Um, and she may have been an approach. She should be like, nah, I'm not going down the road, dude, because if I accept that, you know. It's like Clark Howard. He doesn't do any endorsements on any products because he's a, he's a consumer advocate. And to have any endorsement of any product would compromise his whole commentary, you know. How can you do an endorsement for uh, Cooper Tires... When you talk about criticizing certain tire brands, you can't do it. It's a conflict of interest. And a lot of these judges and and uh, people need to start doing recusing themselves because they have clear conflicts of interest. And they don't. Like the chick that just supposedly won the governorship of Arizona, which is bullshit, Katie Hobbs. She was the fucking counting the votes. She was counting the votes. She was the exact thing that Stalin talked about. I don't care who runs for office. What matters is who counts the votes. And if you don't give me the outcome I want, I'll shoot your ass. That's actually what happened. He actually shot a guy 
that that said, I'm sorry, you can't win this thing on it. Okay, cool, thanks. Boom, boom, shot the motherfucker right there on the spot. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's the type of shit I'm talking about. But we need to give our, our women an opportunity to step out. But my general particular view, if you haven't have children yourself, it's a little bit condescending for you to try to, to put forth legislation or enact policies that affect familiar policy when you don't have any children yourself. In other words, you don't have a dog in the hunt. Now, that being said, again, you may have plenty of nieces and nephews that you fully interact with on a regular basis, okay? <clears throat> in some cases, um, oftentimes a sibling dies and they have to get custody of their niece and nephew. That's a little bit different because now you've actually raised that child. You didn't birth that child, but you've raised it. And I know many situations that's it's happened. So you, at least you have a dog in the hunt because of the fact that you actually had to have a rear child and had to deal with all the, the growing pains and things going with it and navigate the school systems and what have you, okay? But again, there are a lot of women out there who have a lot of experience maybe in their fields that don't have children, okay? But on 90% of other things that they can actually rule on, can actually use their experience and expertise to bring to the fold and uh, be able to say something. But just say, look, on this issue, <clears throat> I really can't comment on it because I don't have a dog in the fight, Okay? And may abstain from that. At least I can respect that. And many of them do videos on their um, their websites to say, "Look, I did not vote on this because of fact I don't have any children. I don't have. I didn't raise any children. I don't have any siblings to have had their children. I really can't comment on this because of fact that I just don't have the experience. Okay. At least respect the fact that they they know their limitations." But then you got many of that dolt, and I, I cannot appreciate that in any way, shape, or form. But there are a lot of women have experience; they could at least have a competent explanation of why they would vote for something in a certain way, or are studious enough to do the research and go, okay, I can see where this could be a problem, you know. But we've spent the last hundred years empowering women just to break them down with trans athletes. And transgender motherfuckers. And I don't want some sick motherfucker in my fucking daughter's brownie fucking troop. Okay? I don't want some sick motherfucker in my Ginny Gymnast fucking, fucking locker room. I'm sorry, man. That's just sick. That's outright perversion. There's something seriously fucking wrong there. When you allow that. And when you start using your, using your trans child as a handbag. There's something seriously wrong here, man. Any parent that allows that shit to happen to their children is a sick motherfucker. They're the ones that need to be in the straight jacket, not us for saying, what the fuck? You know? So that's some serious things I think need to be um, looked at and honestly ask some serious questions as well. Okay. You can definitely check us out on various social media. Again, you can go to Wimkin, Getter, Parlor, Gab, Twitter, and Telegram. At Sunny Thomas Show. You can also follow on many of those same outlets I told you at Resolution RDO. And uh, like I said, I actually tweeted out to Elon Musk today. Hey, man, you know, a lot of us had shit banned because of our main account because something someone didn't like. And the, the connecting thing is the phone numbers. All right. Because as an elected official, my shit got cut off because of my main account. You know, I had stuff for the HMD. It was all about music. And occasionally we have politics like if. Ted Nugent said something, or maybe the singer of another band said he thought this was crap, or I don't think that uh, 
the the guy from Iced Earth should be thrown in the J6 thing, even though he was there. You know, what's next? You're going to advocate that the record labels drop their fucking albums? I mean, that's the type of shit that goes on. That ain't right. That's that's the type of cancer culture stuff that they work. All right, SunnyThomas.com, ResolutionRDO.com, TheHMD.com, and, of course, you can check out ThomasForOhio.org. So, um, thank you very much for Lisa Haven coming on. Uh, it's been a long time since I had her on the program. Uh, when I was first starting to format how to do some of these things, she was actually the, one of the first people I interviewed with that format, and it actually worked great. And, uh, like I said, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. I don't always get the time to sit and watch videos. That's what sucks. And some of her videos are can be short. Others can be fairly long. But the bottom line is she has plenty of excellent content to be able to go into review this stuff. It's really good stuff. So always appreciate it. All right, Salancha Mom, we'll catch you next week. And um, remember, don't be an English cigarette. <laughs> See ya. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to The St. Thomas Show on the Resolution Radio Network. You're listening to Resolution Radio. RDO.com Boar's Head is bringing a slice of Japan to the deli. 
Introducing Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. Tender, slow-roasted chicken breast, coated in our signature teriyaki glaze, where ginger, garlic, and a hint of brown sugar meet for a flavor that's both sweet and savory. New Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. The bold flavor of Japan, now at the deli. Only from Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere.